Hi, and welcome to DaVita Leadership Insights, a podcast for DaVita teammates who want to become a better leader both personally and professionally. I'm Doug Miller, a master coach and DaVita University faculty member. And I'm Grace Berman, a senior director with DaVita University. For our first interview of 2021, Doug, can you believe it's 2021? We get to chat with Valerie Leiter, Division Vice President, supporting nearly 70 dialysis centers throughout South Carolina and coastal in Augusta, Georgia. Welcome, Val. Thank you. Welcome, Val. Thank you so much for joining us today to talk about a topic that many leaders struggle with, which is, you know, in difficult times and, and, you know, as you're trying to adapt to new environments and grow yourself, how do you really stay true to who you are at your core while being an adaptive leader? Now, I know this topic is near and dear to your heart. So could you please tell us why this topic is so important to you? Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. So for two reasons. One, I think it took me longer than most uh, to embrace my authentic style and learn how to leverage it as a strength for myself. And two, during times of change like healthcare 2020, your ability to innovate, to be flexible, to mobilize lots of people quickly, it takes a great deal of, of confidence and energy And I think you need to do that work from a truly authentic place or you just you can't be effective as an adaptive leader. Yeah, I love that. And and can you tell us about a specific time when you stayed true to yourself while being an adaptive leader? Yeah, one way I think about being true to myself is being true to your values. So in a prior organization, we experienced just a chaotic time where we separated from our main payer and hospital partnership. Wow. And it was very public with media, legal battles, um, but also painfully intimate. Yeah. Thousands of patients had to choose between their lifelong doctor and their insurance and and how to pay for them. Mm. So honestly, until the pandemic, I had never been through anything as challenging as that. So looking back now, I can see that I I absolutely went into survival mode. and my core of just service and only promising what I can actually deliver, that carried me through those moment-by-moment decisions. So I, I leveraged the relationships I'd built with my teams, with my doctors, with the community. And it, I think that gave me confidence and likely credibility to stand in front of 200 people every week and send them in, in different directions. So at the same time, I was taking direction from multiple places. So and I had to find kind of what was actionable in all that. And, and I just remember creating as many forums as possible to receive information so that people felt heard, they felt validated. And that included our leaderships, really. Um, so usually being more of a laid back collaborative team player, this was a moment that required something different. And I think I was able to adapt because I grew... Um, some confidence and energy from those people I was serving. Yeah. Oh, that's that's so that's so interesting. So what you were what I'm hearing is that the true your true self only promise what you can de- deliver. That's your core service. You don't want to you don't want to say things that you you can't you know to overpromise and not actually be able to do something. And absolutely, um, absolutely. 
to give false false commitments, right? Exactly. And and what it sounds like that you did was able to adapt to maybe step a little bit farther than that uh, because you had to in order to to figure because you didn't know what was going to happen and you had to be able to to lean into that and be confident that things are going to things are going to work out. So I, I think that's a really cool thing. Now, the question is, did you did you plan that? Like, did you <laughs> go to your core because you knew it was your core and then say, from my core, I know this will happen? Yes. No, no, absolutely not. I wish I, I wish I did. But no, I didn't. I was actually responding to a chaotic situation unfold. And I think in those moments, you just go back to what your core belief is, right? And if that can be kind of your lighthouse, then you get more comfortable and you gain confidence and allows you to get uncomfortable. Like being in front of 200 people and sending them on their way every week, that's uncomfortable for me. Mm. I was able to get there, though, yeah. because because I was being of service and I only told them what I knew was true. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting dynamic of when do I go to my core and just really trust that it's all going to work out and when do I need to, to flex and adapt? Right. So I'm wondering if you can tell us about a specific time when you did not stay true to yourself <laughs> while being an adaptive leader and perhaps when you did one, uh, but, but not the other. Right. And what did you learn from that experience? Yeah, I can, actually. So another way I think about being true to myself is is operating from your authentic leadership style, which I, I mentioned for me is collaborative. So same organization, a few years prior, I was newly promoted, and the leadership team at the time thought I had the relationships I needed to help move the organization through the electronic health record transition, which you know is is very tough. Yeah. And um, my new peers shared with me that I lacked the the killer instinct uh. needed to be successful at this level. Uh, and wait, I was wait, also wait, wait, fresh. Wait. Hold, hold on, hold on. What's <laughs> what? You just said killer instincts. <laughs> I did. You just I also said, said healthcare said company. What what does that mean? Killer instincts. <laughs> yes. Yes. So. So as a collaborative leader, I take a good amount of time to understand and value uh, the experience of whoever's going to be impacted by a decision. So what that means is lots of active listening, creating space for alternative opinions. And, and the feedback I got is that I would have to let that go mm-hmm. in order to be effective. Hmm. So much more direct and less accepting of, of input to make decisions. Mm. That's what that means. Ooh, that's that sounds it sounds harsh. Um, it sounds harsh for for the Davida Village, and <laughs> I would say this was not the Davida Village at the time. So I'll say that this was not the Davida Village. But that's, yeah, yeah, that's you know. And I was new in my career, and and I just internalized that feedback, oh. and and I overcorrected. Yeah. Which I think hopefully I'm not alone in, in doing that and in overcorrecting, right? Over responding to feedback that you get. I don't think you are. So here's what that looked like. Uh, we started to fall behind in the project. Um, and fresh off this feedback, I, I implemented lots of time consuming management processes, accountability calls. And as we continued to fall behind, I created more and more structure. And we, we literally could not find our footing. Hmm. And I remember being so tired and anxious and unhappy. And and I had a one-on-one with one of our physician leaders, who's a very kind man. And he just stopped me for a second and walked me through this quick exercise of naming my emotions. Mm. And, and what came out was surprising, I think, for both of us. And I said, shame. Hmm. Wow. And 
I think because I didn't recognize the person that was sending these emails and having those conversations, but I just I just said it out loud. Yeah, let's let's unpack that word shame. Why did you feel that word specifically described what you were feeling? Yeah, well, first it was it was just a, a gut response to the question, but I was having a physical response, right? Mm-hmm. So red face, anxious distraction, headache, tired. Yeah. And more, I just I didn't feel proud reflecting back on those on those interactions I was having. And that led to a lack of confidence. I turned inward instead of gaining input from other people and ultimately started making some poor decisions. Yeah. That's what that looks like. So so that one conversation actually helped me get unstuck. Okay. He gave me a moment to process, to name and to process. Good. I got unstuck. And I remember, um, I remember how important it was to just acknowledge where I was. So I met with the team. I apologized for their experience. And I immediately went to that collaborative uh, leadership style where I was confident. And it allowed me to be flexible. I was able to push the team in new ways. We got back on track. We completed the transition. Mm-hmm. We didn't regain the ground we lost, but we did complete the project in a way that I could, I could feel more proud yeah, that's that's a really uh, powerful emotion is is feeling shame, right? And it's yeah. it's painful. It's painful. and I, I'm sure everybody has felt it at some point yes. in their lives. So I guess one of the things that I talk to my daughter a lot when she feels really hard emotions is or or goes through difficult times, I try to ask her, uh, what what do you think you were supposed to learn from this? Mm-hmm. So that kind of helps to put her in the mindset of it was purposeful. There was something that had to, you know, I had to learn something from it, and that's why it had to happen. So I guess my question to you, Val, is what did you learn um, from that that those painful emotions in that experience? Yeah, this experience was was an important moment in my I think leadership journey. So one thing is when you feel anxiety, when you can't sleep, when you're feeling stress, it's a it's a trigger that something is misaligned. Mm-hmm. You have to stop. You have to process what it is so that you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also learned a second thing that was really important, which is which is the wake of what this caused is mostly internal. Mm. So if you ask the people around me, they would it, it was a it wasn't as big a deal as it was to me, but internally, I could not see around this this barrier. And it's just interesting to me that the stories we tell in our heads when when we don't have external input. It's, it's really great. I think this dynamic can show up so often for leaders where they're getting feedback or someone else's perspective. And, um, and that doesn't fit with how they truly are and what their beliefs and values are. And mm-hmm. they might start to act in a way that's not in alignment with who they are. Right. And, uh, and, and that just, just doesn't work as well and can, and can be super tough. And so I think it's something also, I think there's also a lesson in here for leaders that are listening, that are giving feedback to other leaders, telling them to do it the way they would do it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? There's, there's that other side of it as well. That's, that's, that's very interesting. And so in the spirit of that, I'm wondering, have you coached others um, and, and how have you coached them and made sure that they are staying true to themselves while being adaptive and and, and adjusting for the circumstances they find themselves in. Yeah. So I, I encourage people, number one, turning inward when you're feeling anxious and stressed is not helpful, mm. right? You need to find the source of that misalignment and give yourself a little bit of time to process that. Yeah. 
So so I encourage people to to make a habit of checking in regularly. So with one person who is firmly inside your trust circle and one person who's like on the cusp or outside your trust circle. So the person inside your trust circle, they're going to give you credit for your intentions, right? Because they know you, they have a relationship with you. They're going to be honest about how you showed up. And that's where you can learn, how do I improve? How do I adapt better? Because they're going to give you that feedback. The person on the edge or outside your trust circle, they're not going to give you credit for your intention because they don't know it, but they can give you a clear picture of how that message was received. Mm -hmm. So between those two people, you can tell is my intention and my delivery, are they aligned? Oh, that's great. And I think in, especially during these times, right, where there's so much unknown, so much uncertainty, so much of a need for all of us to be adaptive leaders, it can be hard to do that while while not losing ourselves. Mm-hmm. I just love that that um, suggestion there. And and we are at the time now of our episode where we are going to bring it to a close. It's uh, It went by super fast. I wish we could talk to you all day, Val. And I know you got to get back to work. So yes, yes. <laughs> uh, you got important things to do. And we we want um, we want you to just kind of reflect now. You've told us a lot of lessons learned, which are super helpful. If you had to narrow it down to one practical tip that you could give others on how to be true to themselves mm-hmm. while being an adaptive leader, what would that be? You need to check yourself. Get those two perspectives so you can check whether you're being true to yourself and that you're adapting to the situation well. Mm. That would be my advice. Simple, easy. That's great advice. Yeah, just got to remember to do it. Right. I love it. Thank you so much for being, being on the show today, Val. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. That was such a cool discussion with Val. I I just loved her tip at the end to check your authenticity and adaptiveness by getting two different perspectives, one in your trust circle and one that may be outside of your trust circle. Couldn't agree more, Grace. was awesome. And speaking of tips, it's my turn to follow up on the tip from our last episode with Stacy on building trust. Her tip was to use one-on-one time to build relationships by staying in listening mode. And, uh, and, and, and Grace, I've done that. And, you know, it's always surprising to me. I, I, I was listening to some people's experience um, and asking some probing questions, and I'm always surprised at what I learned. Mm. Uh, I think I know people, and then one little question in staying quiet and listening just can, you know, people reveal themselves and, and we get to learn more about them. It was, it was really great. Yeah, I think that that's definitely a skill I try to work on every year. And my my motto is listen more, talk less. Because <laughs> you can't, you know, you can't be listening while you're talking at the same time. Yep, exactly. So it, it's definitely something I have to, to work on, too. But thanks for sharing, Doug. And for our listeners, we would love to hear your stories and tips as well. Please check out our show notes and click on the listener mail link to find out more about submitting your stories and tips in writing or through a voice message. And if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, I know it's been a couple of years, so hopefully you are subscribed. But if you haven't, please click that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And if you enjoy these podcasts, do go over to iTunes and click on the survey link in our show notes and give us some feedback. We, we, we really want to know how we're doing and what we can do to improve. And we do have an announcement, uh, Grace. I don't. It's probably hard to do a drum roll in this environment, but <laughs> we do have an announcement. 
that we are going to be moving to a monthly schedule for our podcast episodes. So we look forward to hearing and seeing you all next month. One for all. All for one.